Hello everyone, my name is Andy Summers and welcome to episode 18 of Reviving the Soul. The sons of Noah who went forth from the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Ham was the father of Canaan. These three were the sons of Noah and from these the people of the whole earth were dispersed. Noah began to be a man of the soil, and he planted a vineyard. He drank of the wine and became drunk and lay uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. Then Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and walked backward and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned backward, and they did not see their father's nakedness. When Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his youngest son had done to him, he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall he be to his brothers. He also said, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth and let him dwell in the tents of Shem, and let Canaan be his servant. After the flood, Noah lived 350 years. All the days of Noah were 950 years, and he died. Genesis 9, 18-29. God had cleansed the earth of all sin and corruption, exercising his justice against the violence that had so indwelt the hearts of mankind. Noah, being a man of faith, was spared because, according to the writer of Hebrews, his faith was counted to him as righteousness. It was because of his faith that he became an heir to the righteousness of God. Noah was stepping into a recreated world, and surely, because he was blameless in his generation, he would continue in his walk of faith, living with integrity and honor. It seems as though this would naturally follow after being spared from God's righteous judgment and was given a fresh start. After Noah and his family left the ark and the animals scattered all over the earth, Noah became a man of the soil. He found a place to settle and began to farm. He even planted a vineyard. As the years passed by and the vineyard began to produce fruit, Noah made some wine and drank himself into a drunken stupor. So drunk, in fact, that he stripped himself naked and lay in his tent. Noah, the upstanding righteous man of faith, mankind's fresh start, was no different than Adam. Despite his faith and belief in God's salvation, Noah was still a depraved man in desperate need of God's grace. Noah's faith was not of his own doing, but was granted to him by God. When acting on his own, he was no different than those who God enacted his judgment on. It is the same for us. The desire that we have to know God is a gift that is given to us by the Holy Spirit, it is not a conclusion that we come to on our own. This of course begs the question, if Noah was just as bad, then why did he not also do away with Noah as well? And the answer is simple. God had made a promise to Adam and Eve that a seed would come from the woman and would battle the serpent, and despite a fatal blow to the seed's heel, ultimately the serpent's head would be crushed. God is completely faithful to keep his promises, and so he chooses to fill his promises through Noah and his descendants. And so there is the ancient patriarch, Noah, completely wasted and lying naked in his tent. And then, soon after, his middle son, Ham, finds him. And instead of leaving his father to sober up, he takes the garment that Noah had stripped himself of and brings it to his brothers, Shem and Japheth. The way in which this text is written presents the reader with the idea that Ham was intentionally mocking his father for his behavior and attempted to make sport of it with his brothers. However, Shem and Japheth, who clearly saw the dishonor in their brother's response, took the garment from Ham and placed it on their shoulders, walked backwards into the tent, and covered their father's nakedness. We again see another parallel between Adam and Noah. When Adam and Eve sinned, 
God clothed them with the skin of an animal, covering their nakedness. We see Shem and Japheth doing the same thing for their father, and with their backs turned to Noah's nakedness, they cover him up. This is a foreshadowing of the way in which the Lord Jesus clothes us in righteousness. He covers our nakedness, our shame, with his blood. Once Noah wakes up from his stupor and learns of what Ham did, Noah immediately curses Ham's youngest son, Canaan, saying that he will be a servant of servants to his brothers. Now, Canaan's descendants, of course, would become the people of Canaan, of which the Israelites would fight and take the land in which they settled. After which, Noah then blesses the Lord God of Shem, insinuating that Shem had already entered into a covenant relationship with Yahweh. This is also prophetic of Shem's descendants, which would eventually include the Israelites. Furthermore, Noah prays that God would enlarge Japheth, which we will learn in the next passage that Japheth's descendants settle in the Indo-European region of the ancient world, while Shem's family would remain in the Middle East. But then Noah says of Japheth that he would dwell in the tents of Shem. Now, there is no historical evidence that Japheth's descendants ever once shared the same dwelling place as the, as the ancient Semites. And so I am inclined to believe that the fulfillment of this prayer becomes clear when Paul writes to the church in Galatia that if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. Now, Abraham was a direct descendant of Shem, and Japheth was an ancestor to the Gentiles. In fact, John Calvin, in his commentary on Genesis, comments, this is done by the sweet and gentle voice of God, which he has uttered in the gospel. And this prophecy is still daily receiving its fulfillment. Since God invites his scattered sheep to join his flock and collects on every side those who shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, it is truly no common support of our faith that the calling of Gentiles is declared by the mouth of the patriarch Noah, lest we should ever think it would have happened suddenly or by chance that the inheritance of eternal life was offered generally to all. In other words, the gospel is not a new idea. It was first proclaimed to Adam and Eve, and now Noah proclaims it, saying that the ultimate blessing would indeed come from the tents of Shem. Although the Israelites would believe they would be the only recipients of the promise, it is clear that from the beginning, God intended his salvation to have no bounds, being proclaimed to all peoples. God told Abraham that through him the families of the earth would be blessed. This is a very inclusive statement, that through the descendants of Shem, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the ultimate covering of our sin would come, the wounded victor that would defeat the serpent. He would be the pure, spotless Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Reviving the Soul. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a donation. There's a link in the show notes where you can do that. You can give a one-time gift or be a monthly subscriber. Also, if you have any questions or would like to contact me, you can do so via social media on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, there's a phone number on my Facebook page where you can leave a voicemail. If you have any questions at all, please feel free to do that. If you're listening on iTunes, please leave a five-star rating and review. This just allows my podcast podcast to get out there for more people to listen to. And until next time, apply all of scripture to all of life.